a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Back Rebels and Imperials, the Force goes coast to coast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, is Matt. Liz is not here this week, but she'll be back next time. Don't worry. We slightly changed our plans for this week because of a bunch of things. We're going to be talking about the last arc of the first season of Droids. But Shocker. before, yeah, uh, but before that, we're going to be talking about uh, a little bit of news that came out today. Uh, came out a couple days ago, rather. That the premiere for Obi Wan Kenobi is now going to be Friday, May twenty seventh, not Wednesday, May twenty fifth. <laughs> uh, and they're going to be showing the first two episodes together. Now, yeah. we, we, we're both kind of flummoxed by this news. This is a, this is a strange thing. Um, yeah. Like reshoots, they can shove it in two days. Maybe I don't know what. What do you? Like, what 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 was so? <laughs> what is so last minute? Like we can't do this by the twenty fifth, twenty sixth. Nope, impossible. Twenty seventh. Yeah, we can do that. Like it can't. It yeah. can't be that, right? It can't be. It can't be because they're not ready. I is it know. just because maybe they feel like the maybe they did a test of the first episode and felt like it didn't end definitively enough? Like it just felt like you know, I don't know. I, I feel like when you're premiering a show, there has to be a hook at the end of that first episode. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I don't. I don't know. Oh, here's a theory. Okay. When does this end in relation to Moon Knight ending? Do they want to avoid competition? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think Moon Knight ends the week before. Okay. Or something like that. Yeah. Or, or... I mean, I mean, it's not taken off the air despite the protests of Turkey. So <laughs> that's it, true. Uh, it's, it's still doing well. That's true. Have you watched the, the Moon Knight first episode? I have. I watched both episodes. I have not seen the second one yet. It is good, I think. Um, I, I enjoy it as a TV show. Uh, I don't know anything about the character of Moon Knight. Um other than he exists in my head in the same realm of like the silver surfer and other guys who were always on trading cards when I was a kid, but didn't know what, who the hell they were. So sure. Sure. Yeah. That's <laughs> understood. Understood. Um, but yeah, so me, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I don't, I couldn't tell you. It's or maybe strange. they're editing out violence, putting violence back in and then taking out credits to, uh, beloved creators like they did on all the marvel stuff so <laughs> that is true <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah we'll see i mean i you know i i i, I can't imagine this is a big deal right mm. I, I i i can't imagine that this is uh you know cause for any sort of uh concern or speculation beyond what we're just saying now is a goof because it, what difference can two days really make yeah um, but and is it going back then to a Wednesday scheduling after that? I think so. Yes. Okay. Which again, like I guess they've felt that Wednesday is a better like attention get mm -hmm. than uh, than Friday is, which I, I think may be correct because when a show debuts on Friday, most people aren't watching until after work on Friday, and yeah. so and then the world kind of shuts down for a couple of days. Although I don't in, in the in in twenty twenty two, I don't know. Is there really less discourse over the weekend than there is during the week? I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I felt I I felt like the Friday shows always gave me something. Maybe this is like the saddest COVID thing to ever say, <laughs> but it, it gave me something to look forward to at the end of the week. 
Sure. In a way that, like, I hadn't felt, let's say, specifically in television, realistically in my whole life, but in television purposes, since, like, I was a kid and, like, Friday night used to be a really big media night. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it just ha- isn't anymore. Um, I mean, even just like the the idea of going to the movies on Friday. Friday night was always opening mm-hmm. night for the movies, but now every movie has Thursday night screenings. You know, like uh, when it's a new movie opening, yep. or when I was in probably high school or college, the midnight screening became a more common. Like that was done, I think on like rare occasions before mm-hmm. then but that sort of became like every theater would have their midnight screening for a big new movie yeah but now um, you can go at 6 p.m so all the kids at school just tell you the ending of the movie on friday anyway so <laughs> right exactly yeah so but yeah i'm not really sure what the friday night thing is but oh well i'm i'm still i'm cautiously optimistic Actually, that's a good thing to talk about for a minute here now that we've seen a trailer or two from obi-wan kenobi how are you feeling about the show um I, I like your phrasing of cautiously optimistic. I think it I think it could be better than I am thinking it is. Um, but I don't I don't know. I hope <laughs> I hope the story stays streamlined, but I'm worried it won't. Um, just because of everything we know with Hayden Christensen being in it where's that going to take us uh, introduction of new characters so i don't i don't i don't know if it if it stays focused i think it'll be fine if it's all over the place then i think it could run into the same boba fett issue of just being a number of episodes that could have just been a movie yeah and i suppose that I'm a little more optimistic about this than I was Boba Fett because I feel like, I mean, just on a personal level, I am much more of an Obi-Wan Kenobi fan than I am a Boba Fett fan. I think Boba mm-hmm. Fett is one of the most overrated characters yes. in all of media, not just Star Wars media. Um, you know, but I will say that I also don't know how much story there is to tell here. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I think there's there's always going to be an interest in Obi Wan stories because the character is so beloved, and also because Ewan McGregor was essentially the best part of the prequels playing that character, mm-hmm. and so I think that all of us, you know, longtime Star Wars heads, are used to defending his performance as you know, like when people bag on the prequels. I've always said, like, yeah, but Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan, right? Like, that that's awesome. And mm-hmm. so I feel like maybe there's uh, just this, like, not only residual good feelings about it, but maybe there's just this, like, sense of we've all been defending this particular thing for so long mm-hmm. that, you know, we we really want it to be good. We really want it to be something special. And, uh, you know, I don't... I'm... I, I know some people are like don't love that the Inquisitors are involved, but to me that makes total sense. Like, how, how would they not be? He's the most high-profile Jedi. Like, I, I mean, I guess you know one of the things that was never really established was how thorough the Empire's records of what Jedi were killed were. Like, do they have a spreadsheet someplace? Like, you know, mm-hmm. we just don't really know what what that looks like, right? And so, yeah. I understand that maybe people feel like. 
Or, you know, this is, I guess this is about 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. So maybe they feel like this should be over by now. But, I mean, realistically, the galaxy is a big place. And people are going to be searching for these Jedi essentially until until we're positive there are none left out there. I mean, we, we see the um, Inquisitors up and running in the Rebels series. They're a major piece of it. Like... Which takes place, I think, a little bit after this show. Yeah. yeah. So they, I mean, Inquisitors could be a piece of this up until the fall of the Empire, for all we know. Right, that's true. Because yeah. the one thing we know about Palpatine is that he is very paranoid um, and very obsessed with, more obsessed with this lore of the Sith and the Jedi than anything else. I think he would have Inquisitors hunting down anyone who... Um, still showed force sensitivity. Right. I mean, the fact that the Inquisitors are going after Jedi they didn't even know existed in Rebels mm-hmm. shows you that there's a list someplace or so, or some some sort of, you know, marching orders to get everyone out there. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see something about the creation of the Inquisitors um, because we see that moment of the turn you realize that the grand inquisitor was a guardian of the temple and how that all happened. Um, I doubt we're going to see anything like that, but you know, another cool story to tell with the inquisitors. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, the more I think about this, the more I have to get myself into the mindset that this could be very good or this could just be a total waste of time. And I think that the, the the more comfortable I get with that idea earlier, the earlier, the better mm-hmm. it will be for me. Because um, this is one of the, I mean, Obi-Wan's my favorite character in Star Wars. This is one of my things I've been waiting for for a very long time. But I, I'm also just, I don't want to get myself disappointed. Yeah. But again, we've seen him really shine in terrible films. Yes. Like, Attack of the Clones is just a dumpster fire. Um, and he is great in it. So, you know, yes. why not? Why yeah. not? Um, speaking of dumpster fire, should we talk about droids? Oh, man. I I, so I texted I, this to you I before. was going to say, tell, me, tell the listeners what you texted to me. So I can't – let me actually read it. Um, because I, I did, I believe, go on record saying I think this is where the series picks up. And I realized that I had seen the final episode, but not much more than that. Um, that last episode, I believe I might have said this is where the show picks up. I'm watching Space Jesus chase a pair of balls shooting out a rainbow. Um, cause yeah, it it involves a lot of weird anti-capitalism, um, straight up genocide, but also rainbow space testicles that lead you <laughs> to a magical planet that both cannot be found from outsiders but also as a thriving trade <laughs> like... <laughs> yes um and also I, I i lost count it's at least three times that somebody throws away like very precious stones in these episodes yeah, yeah. Um, well yeah well the the rune stones r-o-o-n not right. you know why could you not name it anything else um but they're given as gifts. People randomly have them, but then they're so rare. They would like shift the entire focus of the trade in the sector, but also Badabab just sells them to a dude in a diner. Like it, 
It's it's very much. Um, oh, you haven't seen the John Wick, but it, no. Any of our listeners that have, it is very much the <laughs> assassin coin currency of Star Wars, where this gem contains as much value as this scene needs it to have, and nothing else matters. That's a really it, good way to put it. Uh, the yeah. value changes constantly. Yeah, because again, we see some sacks of them. Then we see one of them being so precious that it's, you know, I don't know. And then we see just giving them away. It doesn't. And then we see a giant cache of them that are then yeah. destroyed. Yeah. That then turn into ice and lava. Yeah. I, I don't. I was unclear on that whole part. Every every piece of it just kept getting crazier and crazier. Um. So yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> So do you want to give a recap of the episodes? Well, there... I, I, I want to say this first. That I feel okay. like I feel like the first two arcs of the show gave us a little bit of background as to how the droids wound up in the possession of the person that they spent the episode with. Mm-hmm. This gives none of that. No, well, we we you know in, who like... they're with in the next season, right? No, it's Badabab still. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, Mungo Badabab. Mungo Badabab. One of the worst the Star owner. Wars name, by the way. One of the worst and Star Wars names. They stopped caring about names at this point. <laughs> they just couldn't be bothered. Um, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> so so they're just they're with this guy who was named Mungo, and um, you referred to him as Space Jesus, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think Jesus ever wore a leotard. I could be wrong about that. Um. It's been a yeah. while since my theology school days, but uh, you know, but he he has a ponytail and, and, yeah. and a, he, this these two ep- these four episodes rather are the most like '80s stylized episodes we got. Like mm-hmm. I forget the name of the female uh, character that we meet, but she's... The, the the one that is clearly three different skin tones in each episode. Yes, they just uh, kept forgetting the color palette. <laughs> yes, uh, but she is clearly dressed like like she's came off a of Jane Fonda workout. Uh-huh. Like in uh in you know sweats or, or whatever, um yeah this is a very very eighties feeling couple mm-hmm. of episodes, um but yeah so you want to give the basic recap of who Mungo uh Mungo is so uh Mungo bad Mungo bow bow da- oh man Bodabab bow bow bab I think it's Bodabab but I could Bodabab. be Bodabab I'm trying to read it off the screen and I can't um. Uh, it sounds but, like Bob Loblaw from yeah. Arrest Development. <laughs> it's really so. He is trying to find a planet that is hidden within the cloak of the, the Sith. No relation to the Sith or Exegol. Um, I love, by the way, how George Lucas just basically mines his own ancillary media for, <laughs> for names. Yeah, it's not self plagiarism. It's out. It's they're legends now. You can't. <laughs> um but so they uh are able to follow these they're they're supposed to be special rainbow comets i don't know why they're two of them next to each other attached like balls um but they follow them through the cloak of the sith uh follow the rainbow to this room uh this uh planet called rune which he wants to establish a trade route so they can mine the rune stones we spoke about for his father's make, company. For his father's company, the Badabab Trade Federation, or something. Um, yes, but yeah, that plays into the whole thing. He is very much um, 
not in it for adventure, not in it for being a good guy, but in it instead to help spread um, this capitalist enterprise. Um, so he eventually then gets involved in some geopolitics on the planet Rune, uh, where we find out that there is a um, caricature of a South American dictator who rules the entire planet except for one small standalone nation, which he's won through Olympic combat. I don't know. We'll get back to that. <laughs> but he's trying to establish connections with the Empire. So we meet um, Screed, who is a really kind of cool-looking Imperial officer, and then Governor Kung is trying to sell off um, the runestones. So they eventually come into contact, they blow up his station, they end up swapping ships, they end up going to Rune, meeting with some of the indigenous people of that one free nation, compete in the um, Olympics, where we see some real legitimate almost killing the closest we see. Um, yes. And after some fun there, they defeat the plan there. Um, eventually, in the third episode... The conflict continues between the two sides. They get um, captured and sold onto a slave ship with a Jewish robot. Um, not not, not just a Jewish robot. But a Jewish like, comedian robot. Well, yeah, like, like, like a 1940s Catskills Jewish comedian. <laughs> His name should have been like Borscht 82 or something. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's really strange. Yeah, Shlomo. And he, he almost died. <laughs> he does die. He does uh, die. Uh, uh, um, the mast falls on him. Anyway, we're getting the mast, which is made out of this like silly putty stuff. Uh, that is well, apparent... no. That, so they have a real mast. It breaks instead of putting this mast back up. They make it out of silly putty. Silly putty that also like has magnetic attraction to it to each other, and so yeah, they use yeah, it as a, a, as a they uh... use it as a Vivra card from One Piece. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Because oh, before that, we figure out that uh, Badabad's great grandfather had discovered rune long ago great had, uncle please great uncle. great uncle sorry and had <laughs> then dies right of, in front of them <laughs> yeah and then they are like okay um so he <laughs> this is crazy um so he tells him uh that friends are more important than money um which his great nephew does not believe Nope. Uh, but eventually they take a bunch of gemstones. They're almost dying on a ship. They have to throw it overboard so they don't die. Um, he falls in love with the indigenous woman. And then in a crazy turn of events, the fourth episode, the dictator decides he is done with this shit, um, trying to politically take over this one last holdout nation or sending his bug guy to, like, scheme, he unleashes a chemical weapon for legitimate genocide. And I just want to take a minute. Like, this is not a great time to be joking about these sorts of things. Like, Correct. There are awful things going on in the world right now. It's a very weird coincidence, the overlap of these things. And I think watching it, um, we were all kind of like, oh, oh, shit, this is way deeper than I think they are playing around with it. Um, yes. So, but yeah, he um, unleashes a chemical weapon that even the Empire felt was 
um, over the top because you get sick and then you disappear like in Back to the Future um, if you don't get treated. So then they kidnap the father of the indigenous girl that uh, Badabab falls for. He makes a cure. They trade the cure for them escaping. The bad guy drops the cure. He ends up being killed by his own uh, his own chemical weapon. weapon. Yeah. So, yeah, really, uh, really was not expecting that last one. <laughs> I Wait thought, I thought you, the you didn't have you was... didn't have chemical warfare on your uh, on yeah. your rebels bingo card. I mean, your droids bingo card. Yeah, and again, kind of um, kind of a uh, a real boon to the empire there when he's like, you just dropped chemical weapons on your own people. He's like, yeah, so? And he's like, that's fucked up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even, even the Empire has morals in this situation. Um, so, yeah. And at the end of it, uh, nothing is really resolved. So they're now leaving because the window to leave Rune is very short. You can't get back through the Cloak of the Sith uh, much longer. Well, Which o- only Mungo is leaving, right? Well, Mungo is leaving, but um, the girl is coming with him, I believe, because they no, kiss no, 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 no. He, he says he's he's coming back. Oh, he... okay, so he's coming back. Yes. Oh, coming back to this no, place no, that he no. that he, that is historically impossible to find. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll come back with the stars in line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like my uncle did eighty years ago. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, no, he no, he hit that and bounced. Um, so yeah, so that's that's the weird story of this leg of the thing. I mean, first appearance of stormtroopers and the Empire, which is cool, I guess. Yes. Um, and the main villain sounded like Krang. <laughs> yes, it's a combination specifically of Krang and of like half the villains from the Super Friends. Yes. Um, just, well, but uh, that voice actor did half the villains on the Super Friends. I'm sure. Yeah. I looked uh, up like, oh, what was he the voice of? Oh, everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like that guy ate very well throughout the 80s. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So there, there's one thing that I wanted to bring up here, which is that, you know, uh, I'm a little bit older than you are, but we're we're about the same age mm-hmm. generationally and all of yeah. that. I did not realize that. Your mama's so fat when she sits around the house. She <laughs> sits around the house was like a thing in 1985, but they make that exact joke about Jabba the Hutt. They do. They do. Yeah, that, that's one of the Jewish comedian's jokes. Yes. I really I really thought that was like a later 80s, early 90s invention. Yeah. Yeah. It... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, oh, that, that's the joke right before the, uh, the freed prisoners <laughs> beat the slave master to death. Um, that's a, yeah, there's a lot of like right off screen, dark things happening in these episodes. Um, yeah, we see a seed gun. That's kind of cool too. (laughs) Yes, we do do this. That was was strange. Yeah. Which Uh, he didn't know was a seed gun when he went to shoot somebody with it. Just going to point that out. (laughs) No, he didn't. (laughs) Uh, this is just, so I, I did an experiment this time. And I said, uh, you know, this show was meant for kids. Let me watch this with my son. Mm. So I, 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 I tricked Ben into watching two episodes, and he actually kind of enjoyed it. 
Okay. But I feel like he enjoyed it because 3PO falls down a lot. Mm-hmm. And, like, as a little kid, that's funny, right? Yeah. But um, I asked him, like, what was your favorite part? And he said, I don't know. Like, <laughs> as if I asked him the, the hardest question in the world, you know? Um, because it's just, it's a very, like, what what do you even say about this show? It, it's, it's, strangely enough, I would say that these are some of the more focused episodes of the ones we've seen, but that's not saying a hell of a lot. Right. Um, there, there's less just, ra- I feel like arc number two was so random. It was very hard to follow what was going on on screen here. It had a bit slower of a pace, much more like, a cause it, I think honestly, it seemed like somebody had watched the Herculoids in space ghost and was like, okay, I've got this. And then just ran with it. Um, so it is a slower pace, um, but not that much more coherent. That's yeah. the part that it it just is confusing as to what you're watching. Yeah, it's a, it's a show that very much seems like a um, like a. Uh, they had an idea. Like, hey, let's do a show about three PO and, and uh, R two. Like, yeah, that's a great idea. What should it be about? Oh, we'll figure that out later. And like, they were yeah. already in production. Like, oh shit, we don't have a plot for this, do we? Because mm-hmm. um, there really isn't like a um, there isn't really a an impetus to any of this. It's just that oh, here are these droids, and now they're with this guy. Yeah. Well, it's like they didn't have an idea, and then three people like everyone go home for the weekend, come up with an idea. They came back with three of them, and they're like, "Sounds great, just fucking do it." Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's true. Yes, because like, none of these have any attachment to one another. It's just like random adventures of R two D two and C three PO, which arguably is the entirety of Star Wars. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this is I don't, I don't it. It's confusing, and then much like the Ewok movie number two, um, just got inexplicably dark with yes. no real like understanding of like the impact of that on a viewer. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it, it it wasn't the same as just full blown murdering a whole family that you had watched an entire movie about them reuniting. Um, not that depth of it, but right. still it's like, wow, this is really serious. Like this is like, I don't think a bunch of fart noises with silly putty is going to make this lighter, but, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, look, and I recognize that, that we, um, we're approaching this from a very different perspective than a kid watching this would, but it seems like every single, every single solution in this show is just like oh shit we don't have how do we fix this um give them some magic silly putty okay or uh, ha- yeah. how do- how do we fix this uh, they they just have a bunch of runestones now okay mm-hmm. like there's no real no one's doing the work to get these places so as i watched this entire scene i realized i had watched a lot more of this than i had remembered from the outset so i remembered things from the first arc of it and then the one thing that has always, always stood out to me um, is the 
gas that kills everyone that makes you disappear. Um, cause I remember that being terrifying as a kid, something yes. so scary that the empire wouldn't use it. That like lasted until right now. Like that's a, um, a very impactful thing. And I think that's something too, that sci-fi uses from time to time that, uh, feels less scary now that our world is as terrifying as it is. Um, <laughs> Fair. Kind of like how in The Watchmen, between comic and movie, you're like, oh, people really aren't worried about a city being killed anymore. We need to ratchet this up a little bit. <laughs> right. Because um, we've seen that too much. Uh, but yeah, I, that, that that stuck with me. Um, but again, it kind of didn't even need to be there as a plot point because it didn't mesh with anything. It was just a lot of random prep falls and beehives getting stuck on your head. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. There, there, there is, there are a lot of like really strange space animals in these episodes. Too. Oh, there oh. was that like cat snake thing. Yes. Uh, there were those, oh, the, 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 um, they're like the, the tribbles essentially. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that head all over three PO. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, it, there, there's a lot yeah. of weird stuff here. I'll tell you. Well, the thing that's going to stick with me as an adult now is those weird um, T-Rex slash horses. Those things are nightmare fuel. Yes, they are. <laughs> that's horrible. Uh, there's also like canonically just like a planet full of clay faces. The yeah. Batman villain mm -hmm. um, was mm -hmm. just like show up out of nowhere. That's uh, exactly what I thought about. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, him, him in the rain at the end. Oh, man. It's a, yeah. good, it's a good series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's a very, very weird, very weird show. A show that I, I mean, I, I'm almost like perversely excited to watch the last season, which is basically just one movie. Yeah. Uh, just because I feel like I want to see where this goes next, uh, how mm -hmm. crazy it can get. But I also realize that this is probably. I mean, I think I think just not not to talk about the show, not to, not to talk about our plans we haven't discussed yet on air. But I presume we'll do something similar to this for uh, the Ewoks show at some point. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're getting a very very clear indication as to why we never got more Star Wars shows after this. <laughs> Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it it took them a long time to do anything else. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until the the Samurai Jack Clone Wars, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. And by then, and I feel like at that specific moment in Star Wars history, they were letting anybody do anything they wanted as long as they sent some money back to Skywalker Ranch. And, and I, I would I would double down on that a little bit and say that. Anybody who was watching that, anybody who was watching the the Tartakovsky Clone Wars show probably never saw these shows. Like it's no. a totally different audience, so you're not living up to the expectation at all. Mm-hmm. You know, because you figure if you were if you were five or six years old in '85 and watching this, by the time O2 came around, you probably weren't watching. Maybe you're, I, mean, I was still watching cartoons, you know. Mm -hmm. I still watch cartoons now, but you understand what I'm saying. Like the the audience yeah. was just very, very different. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I yeah, 
And Star Wars is still, I guess, hesitant to market things um, like this. Like, they're very... Because even their jokey stuff now, the... um, Oh, man. Well, the Le- Lego is allowed to do its own thing. Like, the Freemaker Chronicles um, are allowed to be funny, but also kind of in this little box. But, like, the, um, the New Rebellion one... I forget what was that called. What was that called? The Lego stuff? No, not the Legos. Those are the, those are the free oh, resistance. Right? Resistance was was like under strict scrutiny to be like storyline accurate and not portray the characters in ways that are, you know, not fitting. Um, like Hidalgo had a lot of oversight over that, right? In ways that here they're just like do weird stuff with. With the droids, no one cares. Um, C-3PO winks. That's a fantastic yes. moment. <laughs> yes, um, it is. Yeah, so I, I don't think there's anything as fast and loose as that nowadays. You're much fu- more restrained. Well, in a way, uh, maybe, huh? Maybe Visions is the fastest and loosest we've had anything lately. Mm. Okay, yeah, definitely, definitely. But that's also, that is clearly not canon, right? Like, that is clearly, these are their own stories that take place outside of whatever Star Wars is doing on their own. Yeah, because this is, the other thing that's something, too, to um, remember is when these cartoons were made, the only things that were canon were the films. George yes. Lucas said many a times, um, when Return of the Jedi ends, Han and Leia go live in a, you know, a space house with a white picket fence and everything is, everyone's happy. Right. Like, it's just the end. That's it. Um, they eventually broadened that a little, but again, we've talked about within the weirdest ways. Like, canonicity was limited to the two movie franchises um some video games and a small handful of books mm-hmm. um and that was it everything else that existed in the huge wide world of star wars was all non-canon now i think they're understanding like canon things need to fit into this box and then i like that they're embracing just some weird stuff now too because yeah. as much as I think that the droid show can be a swing and a miss, it's interesting. It's neat. Um, again, I think it's some of three PO's best work. <laughs> um, so it it has merits for existing. Um, I wonder. I'm very interested also to see where the Ewok series stands. Yes. Is that fun or is that also just kind of something that's on as I check my phone? Yeah. Well, you know, what I was going to say about that, about the sort of swing and a miss nature of it, is that there's there's something really, to me, empowering about giving creators a chance to swing and miss. Mm-hmm. You know, especially, like, nothing is going to... 
I don't think that Star Wars could swing and miss enough, unlike a CD. That's not CD. Like a, a, a straight to. I, I was thinking CD. I was thinking of like a CD, old CD-ROM games that came out mm-hmm. that would be wild, right? Like, I, I think if you're doing a video game or if you're doing a, a straight to Disney Plus series, nothing you can do can be so bad that it like kills what Star Wars is, right? Star Wars yeah. is big enough that it can sustain this stuff, especially if you don't treat it as if everything is the most important show that ever existed. Mm-hmm. So I think you should let people just go nuts. Yeah. Let them make a bizarre video game. Let them make a really a really out there TV show that isn't uh, that isn't necessarily going to be as as neat or tidy as the stuff we've seen elsewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm for all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think and again, the point that I made in like the very talking about the very first set of episodes comparatively to some of the other stuff of like 80s, you know, saga cartoons, this actually isn't that bad. It's watchable. Uh, middle one, not so much. But there are a lot of episodes in it that are f- fine, watchable. There's just some stuff, like, uh, I I don't know if there are any fans that are listening about, you know, but like old Johnny Quest, like that stuff is dry and terrible. Um, yes. Even, like, people have very fond memories of, um, like, Thundercats and Transformers and, and things like that. He Man, which the the franchises are great and the movies are very good. The shows are okay. Like there are a handful of episodes that are really awesome. You're like, oh, introducing the Dinobots is great. And there's a lot of just like this thing is happening. Follow this MacGuffin for a little bit, and we're gonna make stuff explode, and then we're done. Like a lot of it just there was not thought or effort or anything and there again a few standout shows like a thunder of the barbarian i think is one of the best animated things period um and that this is from that time but it also didn't follow the mold of this stuff the really make it put it on tv have kids watch on saturday morning was all they were looking for right so the fact that it is as good as it is i think is is fine. I don't. I don't think that there's any, you know, fault to be had necessarily. Well, it didn't we, doesn't rise above its station, but it also isn't atypical of what you'd expect. Well, also like the, talking about fond memories of these shows. Part of the fond memories is the way we ingested them. Mm-hmm. Like if I actually, it's funny. I don't have as many Saturday morning memories as a lot of folks do. But I remember shows being on like Channel 9 and Channel 11 after school. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes there'd be an hour long block of like shows that aren't necessarily old, but are like a year or two old, right? Shows yeah. that aren't on Saturday mornings anymore, but are now on, uh, you know, you know, WPIX at, from four to five in the afternoon. And you'd watch them every day after school or. Probably not every day. Probably just you'd catch them when you caught them, right? Like there, there wasn't a schedule mm-hmm. to this stuff, and you saw the same episodes probably four or five times. There's certain episodes that you've seen four or five times. There's certain episodes you probably never saw 
mm-hmm. because just the luck of the draw, right? But when you when you're when you're ingesting it in that sort of like, you know, when you when you're ingesting it in a way where there's no real rhyme or reason to how you're taking it in, it's easier to forgive bad stuff and it's easier to remember good stuff. Like I'm. I, the example I always go back to with TV uh, oftentimes is Lost. Like mm-hmm. I was a huge, huge fan of Lost, but I can tell you like offhand what are the good season premieres and season finales of Lost, and what are the bad ones because mm-hmm. you build those things up so much. If you just watch, if you, if you're a person watching Lost now on Netflix, I don't know if you ever, I don't know if you get the highs, the high highs and the low lows like you would when you're watching it week to week. Mm-hmm. So, my, so my point with all this is. When people have fond memories about G.I. Joe, they're really having fond memories about watching G.I. Joe after school with their friend, mm-hmm. eating fruit roll-ups, and you know, a, a simpler life, and yes, the three or four great episodes that are in there. So I wonder if there are people out there who have great memories of droids because because of that experience, because it was their Saturday mm-hmm. morning routine with their, with their brother or sister or whatever it is, um, but... That's certainly not my experience yeah. watching the show. Yeah, le- learning to get fit with Tony Danza. Exactly, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we should talk about what we're doing next time. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we, 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 th- we mentioned we were maybe going to do this, but now we are, uh, we are firmly doing this. Uh, we are going to be talking about another novel. We're going to be talking about uh, Star Wars Creek Queen's Peril by uh, E.K. Johnston. This is the second of three uh, Padme Amidala stories. This one takes place just before and during episode one. It's pulling a Temple of Doom. Yes, it is, exactly. Um, I have some stuff to say about this novel. I'm excited to talk about this. Uh, I'm almost finished with it, so Mm. I'm excited to get to it. I'm partway in, and yeah, there's a lot of interesting pieces. Yeah, it, it, it takes a really interesting turn about three quarters of the way through it. Ooh. Uh, not necessarily in a, in a in a good or a bad way, just it went someplace I didn't expect it to go. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, so that's interesting. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that next time. And uh, until then, remember, the Force will be with you always.